Amen. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, guys. So good. Uh, so we're in our series, uh, Reforming Church, and uh, today we've got to the word witnesses, and um, it's my pleasure to be able to speak to you on this, this theme this morning. Have you ever wondered, or I often think, I'd love to have been one of the first disciples. You know, witnessing would have been so much easier if you'd have seen Jesus, wouldn't it? Like, if you'd have walked with him, and if you'd have, uh, like, seen some of the things that he did, and uh, to be honest, you would, have, you would have seen him go and die upon a cross. I mean, that would have been so moving. You would have kind of understood something of, of what it was um, that he was about. And, and let's be honest, if you'd talked to someone else about Jesus, they too would have known of him and seen him potentially as well. Surely it would have been so much easier. And then, right, they would have seen Jesus in his resurrected body. I mean, if that's not something to be rejoicing about and to go with and to tell your friends, then what is? And let's be honest, that is something that I would have loved to have seen. And there's a resurrection encounter in the Bible, in the story of um, the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to read that this morning, and uh, I'm going to pick out some things from it. Just to summarize, actually, it's as if Jesus has gone to be back with the Father for a bit, and then he's come back after his resurrection, and um, he comes and he speaks to them. And as I've read this, I think he comes back a bit like a teenager, right? Because to, summary, to summarize this passage, he says, he comes and he says, peace. He says uh, like that. And then he says, give me some food. I'm starving. And then he says, I'm out. And he goes again back to be, to be with the Father. It's just, just like a teenager. Anyway, he did say something more important than just those things. And those things were important anyway. He said this, Luke 24. And we're going to read from verse 46. It's going to come up on the screen. Let's read it together. Uh, he told them. This is Jesus speaking. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, the name, in his name to all the nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. That's a key verse. Second key verse, verse 49. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We can read similar accounts in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. There it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, three words I want us to look at that are in those two key scriptures that we read about. The first one is you. You will be my witnesses. Can you imagine the disciples as Jesus had just gone, left them, literally. He said these words, and then he left them. And he said, you're going to be my witnesses to, to all the earth. And then they're looking around at each other thinking, what, me? Really? Let's be honest, their track record was not great without Jesus. 
And I reckon they're looking at us and I think he was talking to you. <laughs> You're the one who's going to be doing the witnessing uh, around here. And then that guy was saying, no, 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 he was looking at you when he said that. And they're almost like, I, I can imagine them just denying any kind of responsibility for this. Or else thinking that someone else was going to do this and no one actually taking it on. You see, what we read though in Acts is them doing exactly what Jesus had called them to do. They were moving into their calling as what God had called them to do. You see, Jesus had initiated this and then they had been with him. And as they got with him, they were sent by him. This was the great commandment, the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples. This was where it was right happening for them right there and then, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, so I am sending you to tell others about me. I think sometimes we can stand around looking at each other, wondering who's going to do this job. Did you know that now that the disciples, they've been called, now that they've been, actually now they're called into glory, having completed their task, Jesus says, it's you now. It's me and it's you to go and carry Jesus' message to the ends of the earth. And we can disqualify ourselves so quickly, can't we? We can say, well, I'm not good at that. You can be disappointed by trying to do this and then kind of feeling like you can't do it again. You know, much of what stops us is fear. And I believe Jesus today wants to come and whip that away from us. We're no longer slaves to fear. We've already sung this one. We are sons of God, daughters of the King. And in him, we can do what he has asked us to do. Here's the question. Have you moved into your calling to be a witness for him? Because Jesus very much wants you to move into that. Um, I uh, meet with some football friends. You'll know this. I've talked about them a lot over the years and there's about 30 of them probably on a WhatsApp group and going online and uh, towards Easter I just thought it was such a great opportunity I'd never really um, invited them to anything before and so I chucked out a link uh, onto the WhatsApp chat for our Easter service I was like I've got to go for this and so out it went nobody responded to it at all on the chat okay so anyway Post-lockdown, we got back our first football session back, and uh, we had a great game, um, and uh, we were just chatting afterwards with a drink, and uh, it all went quiet for a while. There's quite a lot of banter. People are in high spirits. And then one guy piped up, and he said, Hey, Russ, I watched your Easter service online. And I was like, okay, did you? And Because uh, I never know where these kind of conversations are going to go. And then he said... He said, yeah, the quality was amazing. And I was like, all right, yeah, really, really? And someone else said, yeah, I watched as well. It was really good. And then the first guy who piped up, so I was like, yeah, this is good. What are you doing here, God? And then the other guy said, but I'm not sure about that beeping Jesus beep. All right? And I was just like, oh, man. And that, that moment, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up as he had like, just expressed his heart. But do you know what? I was glad, after I'd got myself up off the floor, I was glad that some of them had watched it. 
You see, I don't think, as far as I know, there's anyone else in that team who knows Jesus. It's, God has given me that opportunity to share to them, and I take it as a privilege. Where has God given you to share? In your workplace, in your school, in your college, in your social groups, in your sports clubs. You see, he's calling you. And what he calls you to, he anoints you for. And so I believe God wants to reinstate some of us into his plan and his purpose today. This is perhaps the greatest thing that we get to do as children of God is be part of this great mission that Jesus has set before us. You know, the church globally isn't always doing so well in this either. Um, we can rejoice that 2.3 billion people in the world have expressed some sense of Christianity, but that still leaves 4.7 billion who are going to a Christless eternity unless someone shares to them about the good news of Jesus. At the moment, it seems that we're not gaining ground in terms of the, the rate of population growth, in terms of new conversions. And actually, the majority of those 2.3 billion uh, Christians are those born into a Christian family. And that new birth conversion is a much lower figure. Why do I say this? I say this because God calls us. He calls you. And he calls us into his great mission. There's much work to do. Second word, witness. What is this thing that God's called us to? Well, very simply, witnessing is telling someone else what you know to be true. You see, if you know something's true, you'll tend to share it with others. Have you ever experienced people who have got a passion for something and they just talk about it to everyone at any point all the time? That is when someone knows something is to be true. I have people talk to me about diets and potions and kind of all sorts of things. Sometimes they're just, they're just mad on technology and that seems to be all you hear. And at any opportunity, they'll share about it. Like, I mean, I obviously don't need to know about your diet. It's just like, that's, if it works for you, great. I don't need to know about it. But they're still telling me. <laughs> How convinced are you that Jesus is the Lord of all things. How convinced, how, how, how deeply do you believe that this is true? Because let me tell you this, we share widely what we believe deeply. Did you get that? We share widely what we believe deeply. If it's transformed your life, then we can share that widely because it's changed us from the inside out to a deep measure How do we do this? Well, in terms of reforming church, like the church did, like the early church, in Acts 4, verse 20, in fact, the whole of Acts 4 is a beautiful um, story of Peter and John, and they, they heal a lame beggar at the temple gate, and uh, there is uproar in the city because of what they have just done. This man is a walking miracle. And they get into trouble because Peter 
in the power of the Spirit, starts to preach the gospel and repentance of sins uh, for those that heard. He tells it plainly and straight of what God has just done. And the authorities don't like it. The rulers, the elders, the temple guards, they're all like coming up to them and they want them to hush up and to be quiet. (laughs) Acts 4 verse 20, it says this. They've told them to be quiet, all right? And this is what Peter and John say. They say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. What a phrase. What a phrase. In Acts 22:15, we have the Apostle Paul, his first encounter with Jesus. He gets knocked off his horse because of the power of the encounter of Jesus. If you remember, Paul is the, the guy who was persecuting the Christians. He was killing Christians for fun. And then Jesus encounters him. And he also encounters another man called Ananias, who was sent to talk to Paul. And he says this, Paul, you will be his witness. We've heard that before, haven't we? To all people of what? Of what you have seen and what you have heard. Friends, we might not have seen Jesus in the flesh, but I have seen him in terms of him opening my eyes to the truth of the gospel. I've seen him heal people. I've seen him heal myself. I've seen him provide for me. I've seen him provide for my family. I've seen him answer prayers in so many ways. What have you seen? You will have seen similar things. I've heard, I've heard God through his word. As I read this, I hear God. (laughs) Sometimes at the most particular times when I most need to hear him, often it's that way. I've read, therefore, and heard of his death. I've heard of his resurrection. I've been convicted of my sin and I've tasted of his mercy and of his grace. I've heard those things. But I've also felt, I wonder what you felt for Paul and for Peter and John. This wasn't just knowledge. They'd been changed deeply by Jesus. And they felt it, and that's how they were able to express it. I may not have put my hands in the holes of Jesus' nail scars, but I've known his love. I've sensed his embrace. I've felt his hand upon my life. Friends, it's the same transformation that they had, that we have. And we can revel in what we are seeing and what we are hearing. Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about it in a minute. It's the final word. It makes all this to be known. It helps us to understand. It enables us to experience him. But it can't just stop there at our own experience and our own knowledge. We are called, we've already said, to share this to others. Why? So that they can see who Jesus is. They can hear of his death and of his resurrection so they can feel his love and experience his power in their own lives. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to just have this for ourselves, to stop speaking about his love and his death and his resurrection and the the forgiveness of sins and the repentance 
that brings us to Christ. But I want to encourage you today, if you've seen and heard, you are the embodiment of Jesus. Wherever you go, you carry him. Sharing in your life and in your words what you have seen of him and what you have heard of him and what you have felt of him. How does this happen? Just by spending time with him. It's really only one point to this sermon. As you get with Jesus, you will see things in him. You will hear things from him. And then you can tell them, others, of what you are seeing and hearing. That's how it worked out in the early church. That's what Peter and John were doing. And they saw many people coming to know him as a result. You know, your public witness is directly related to your personal walk. Your public witness for God is directly related to your personal walk with God. I could ask you how you're doing in being a witness. But actually, a better question would be, how are you doing in your personal walk with God? Because if you're doing well there, you'll be doing well in your declaring and showing by who you are. Not always words, but definitely at times words. Because faith comes from hearing as you are amongst others that God has put you around. We talk about two aspects really, or I do, showing and telling. That's often outside of a church context. It's things like our, the hamper. It's things like um, loving your neighbor. It's, it's demonstrating God's generosity through acts of generosity to others. It's showing people that your life is different. They see you, and as they see you, they can see him through you. And then telling, it's speaking of the good news. It's speaking of what God has done, of the things that you've seen, as I've already said. And then there's another aspect, isn't there? There's come and see. So we can show and tell, and we can also invite people to come and see. This is the Christmas quiz. This is our carol event, where you can invite people to come on the 20th and log in and listen in and see and hear for themselves. I want to show you a quick video of another aspect that we're doing over this Christmas that we want to encourage you. You see, even if you're not doing so well in this area, please don't get worried about it or under condemnation, but just ask God to help you to take a step in the right direction. And maybe some of these things over this Christmas period will be exactly that. As a group, you can get involved in making up a hamper buy some sweet corn. Maybe you want to care for your neighbor in a certain way. Go for it. And then invite people perhaps to the quiz. Invite your road to the quiz. My bet is that God has placed you in that road and there probably isn't another Christian witness in that road. Check out this video. George and Bernie are going to help us how we can bless our neighbor a little bit, just a little bit um, in these days, this Christmas time. 
and have a look at this and it will serve you well. Over to Bernie. Hi everyone, George and I are here to let you guys know about one of our exciting outreach opportunities this Christmas. Whilst we are at home a lot more this Christmas and after the year we've all had, we want to continue the Blessed to be a Blessing theme with a simple yet significant act of blessing your neighbour. All you need for this are some Christmas cards and a pen. We are asking you to pop a Christmas card into the letterbox of your neighbours. How many you deliver them to and what you include in that card is up to you. You could include a simple Merry Christmas or a small message of hope at this time. You could include a Bible verse, an encouragement or, and I like this one best, seek God for something prophetic. You could include your phone number in there and let them know they can get in touch if they need any support during this time or if they'd like you to pray for them. Why don't you start up a WhatsApp group with your neighbours? That way you'll be able to have so much more communication and contact with them. And by doing that, you'll be able to invite them to all of our online digital events this Christmas. In particular, we want to encourage you to invite them to our online Christmas carol service on the 20th of December. You know, you could also include a little gift in there if finances allow. How about a chocolate coin or a whole chocolate orange? Our vision is to see dozens of roads across the bay blessed in this way, encouraged over this Christmas season and help to feel not so alone at this time. If this leads to more, then that's amazing. And we encourage you to take hold of any opportunities to share the hope of Jesus that arise from this. I want to ask you to do one more thing. Can you email me at george at citygate.church if you have blessed your street in this way or in any other way this Christmas? and I'll be adding it to our Christmas blessing board. Throughout the Christmas season, we'll be updating you to show you what roads have been blessed in this season. Have fun being a blessing. That's so good. I really want to encourage us. Let's take hold of that, your road. Uh, your community at this time when there's so much loneliness and just difficulty around at the, at the moment. Let's bring some joy. Let's give a gift. Let's write a card. Uh, let's go carol singing door to door and uh, speak truth into our neighborhoods and, uh, and uh, give, get an opportunity to get a WhatsApp group going and um, put your number in the card, for example, and uh, invite them then uh, to come and look in on our carol event. Okay, first, final word we need to look at is power, the Holy Spirit's power. You see, I don't know about you, but even talking about this, you feel, you, do you feel like you need, I need help, I need strength, God help me in this? Well, he promises his Holy Spirit power. It's right throughout this, this, um, these scriptures that we looked at. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It was significant that the disciples had to wait before they went out and tried to do this for the power of God, the, the clothing from on high of God's Holy Spirit power in them for witness. Even Jesus had to be baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit uh, before he set out on his mission. So we must, we must 
get to be with Jesus again and experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then continue to ask for a filling of his spirit in our lives day by day, being filled and walking in the power of the spirit wherever we go. It's crucial to us being a witness of him. Lloyd-Jones says this, being flooded with the Spirit is always associated primarily and specifically with witness, testimony, and service. That's what we need. As I come to finish, I just want to tell another story um, from the football lads. Um, I uh, have had the opportunity to go out with them just before the second lockdown. That's, what, that's the kind of thing they do. They make every opportunity. Um, and uh, I was talking with a guy on that night. And um, he talked about just living life and then, and then like right at the last moment thinking about God. And uh, we kind of had that conversation. There was a load of banter on that night, all different aspects. Um, we were playing some pool and I'd, I'd potted and I'd, I, I had an amazing shot on the black. You know when you double and you go into the middle cushion and everyone was watching and I took this shot and it went in. It was amazing. And they were like, it's like the parting of the Red Sea. And I was like, no, it's not. It's just me hitting the ball. And, uh, but anyway, a night or two went by and then I felt God, I was with Jesus in having a quiet time and I felt God, I read something in the Bible in, in Luke's gospel and uh, I just got compelled to send it to this guy. I'd never done anything like this before. And this was just like, so it's probably about three weeks ago now. And uh, I wanted to tell him in Luke, in, in, in Luke 35, um, oh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 35, it talks about the thief coming to the house. And if the owner of the house would know that the thief was coming, then he wouldn't have left the house. And as I read that, I thought, I had this guy's name in my head, and I just knew I had to send something. Uh, anyway, I waited, I delayed, I didn't do it immediately, two or three days, and then I wrote this, hi mate, this might be a bit strange, good way to start something when you're going to tell them about Jesus. But on last Friday footy night out, when we were amazing at Paul, because he was my partner, don't know if you remember because they, they'd had a few drinks, but you said about living life and then getting right with God at the last moment. I then read this the next day in the Bible and thought of you. I wasn't sure whether to send it. There's a good caveat there. That's why it's taken a while. But just following God's promptings. I kind of just, the, what it says is kind of just better safe sooner than sorry later. And his life now is well worth living and well worth having. Anyway, hope you're okay during lockdown too. Be good to get back to football soon. I sent that, press send, and you know when you're just waiting for something to come back, and you're just expecting that, you know, God's meeting with him, and he's going to, anyway, this is what I got back. You ready for this? No thanks. <laughs> it's very thoughtful of you, all good here. Do you know what? I would have loved that to be a different response that he would say, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I'd love to, I'm just on my knees right now, repenting before Jesus. Um, but I'm just trying to be obedient to him. Do you know what spoke to me most? Thanks for thinking of me. 
I don't know if anyone else is thinking of him. And all I'm doing is sowing some seeds. I'm sowing seeds. And my heart and hope is that God will begin to grow those seeds. All you have to do, sow some seeds. Throw some out. Throw some out this week. Ask God to help you by the power of the Spirit. You know the parable of the sower? Talks of a 25% success rate. You know, it falls on four different soils and only one soil is good soil. And so it starts to take root and in all the others it quickly withers and goes away. Do you know what I feel God is saying in this season with COVID and all of this stuff? He's wanting us, the church, to rise up in the power of the Spirit to sow seeds everywhere we go. Do you know what I think is one thing that turns bad soil to good soil? It's pain. It's lack of hope. It's fear. It's everything that this virus has brought to many, many people who don't know him yet. Friends, let's share the hope of Jesus Christ. This Christmas season and for the rest of our days to those who have no hope, who have no purpose and are looking for a way out of their current situation. There is much opportunity as we take responsibility, as we recognize that this is now for us, as we see and hear from Jesus and begin to show and tell that to others. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see his kingdom enlarging in Bournemouth and globally across the earth. Father, I pray right now for the Holy Spirit power to come and invade us, to come and descend upon us, that we would be just smitten with you. Help us to get with you, Jesus. where we would see courage and faith rising up. The things that we've seen and heard, we'd be able to share and tell to this world around us. Help us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. As you're worshiping, just call upon God to equip you and empower you, to reinstate you, if it were, as to be a witness for him, to do his work, wherever you go. Amen.